This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast. We do this for Saints and Pelicans fans three times a week, and we're back at it here on this Monday. Greetings from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center. I'm Sean Kelly. We've got a nice show for you today. We're going to talk both football and basketball. On the football side, John DeShazer is at the NFL owners meetings this week, and it is going to be a big week, I think, with regard to hearing a lot from Mrs. Gail Benson, who is in the big chair, as John will tell us later on in our podcast. And he'll be visiting with John DeShazer later on this week, if not later on this Monday. And, of course, Saints head coach Sean Payton also is teed up and ready to go at Orlando, too. And John DeShazer will preview both of those visits and, of course, some of the headlines league-wide at the NFL owners' meetings, which are in uh, full swing here at the start of the week. On the basketball side, we're pleased to bring in John Berry today, NBA analyst for ESPN Television and Radio. He has a great read on the league wide uh, picture right now with regard to the playoffs both east and west and he's dialed in as well on the pelican situation here with just a handful of games to go we are into the last week of march so we're down to it it's hard to believe that when we get past a game on easter sunday against the thunder there'll be 10 days left in the regular season only two games this week and they are both of significance especially tomorrow night the pelicans take on the portland trailblazers who are sitting in the third position currently. They may have done enough now to hold that spot, but still, (laughs) as we know in the West, everything is still kind of up for grabs. That's tomorrow night, and then on Friday, a road game at Cleveland before coming home for the Sunday massively huge game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll get toward that game a little bit more before we dig in a little bit deeper on the Thunder. So with that said, we've got to take our first break. When we come back, We'll talk to John Barry from ESPN. we got to talk about the NBA postseason, and boy, isn't it fun to have the Pelicans involved here after the week that they just completed. And then, of course, John DeShazer here looking back on last week and ahead to this week's NFL owners' meetings. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. What is big? Big is an insatiable hunger for victory. Big is a fearsome front court with AD and Boogie. Big is packing the stands, showing your team colors, and making so much noise they give you the team ball. Come see the Pels hit the floor against Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony of the Oklahoma City Thunder, Sunday, April 1st. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back. We're pleased to welcome in John Berry, analyst for ESPN covering the NBA. He is uh, going to be a busy man this week, both on the television and radio side here coming up. 
as uh, all these teams are getting ready to go down the stretch. John, it's our privilege to have you. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Sean. It's great to be talking uh, a little Pelican basketball in the playoffs, too. That, too. You're right about that. The last couple of years, we've been kind of focusing on everybody else, and all of our conversation now has to involve New Orleans in some form or fashion. I know that has the fan base here in New Orleans pretty fired up. JB, when you look at the Western Conference, and I guess as it pertains to the Pelicans, can we make anything out of something here with less than 10 games to go? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Not with one game separating uh, spots four through eight. A huge game last night with Portland winning in Oklahoma City uh, gives Portland a little separation to maybe stay in that three spot. Uh, But, boy, I mean, every night there's going to be major movement. Uh, Denver's on the outside looking in, but they're only a game out. Uh, The Clippers winning in Toronto to keep their hopes alive. Uh, It's a crazy battle. I I can't remember this many teams being this close uh, in recent years. I remember Phoenix a couple years ago, I believe, won 49 games and didn't get in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think it'll be 49 games this year, but, uh, boy, is it bunched up, and it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. Yeah, John, the number might be 45 or 46, though, when you look at it, and and that, in a sense, is astounding. The Clippers, JB, have nothing but 500 or better teams left. Can they make a push? I I can't imagine, but, again, you know, shocking that they went in Toronto yesterday, scoring 117 points. Uh, Doc Rivers deserves a lot of credit. You lose Blake Griffin, you lose Chris Paul uh, for the year. And you have some 10-day guys in there, some guys come up from the G League, and you still stay afloat in the Western Conference. Pretty impressive. Uh, but with that schedule at 500, I, I think that's going to be awful difficult. It'll be too much to ask. I love the way Utah's playing. Uh, smoked the Warriors last night, obviously. Uh, a shadow of the Warriors without their four all-star players. But, boy, have they been on a roll. Uh, so I think Clippers will be the team that's looking out. And, and Denver's got to play well uh, in Philly, I believe, tonight. A uh, huge game for the Denver Nuggets. Took care of business in Washington the other day. Uh, but every game, very crucial for the Denver Nuggets. Go back to what you said about Portland. And, and if they're if they're sitting there at three, which does look good right now, John, in your eyes, out of the rest, who has the best chance of getting that fourth seed and home floor advantage in the first round? Well, when you, when you look and see San Antonio is still in that fight, and I know no Kawhi Leonard, uh, I just kind of look at Greg Popovich and I kind of look at the Spurs of what they've done over the last 18 years. Um, they're still going to have to really play well to win 50, which would be, I think, 19 straight years in doing that, winning 50 games. Uh, but, you know, New Orleans is right there. Um, you, I looked at their schedule a little bit. Uh, they've got a couple tough ones coming up, uh, but you know you do get Memphis, I believe, if I saw it correctly, uh, at Phoenix, a banged-up Warrior team, uh, a Clipper team later in the year that they could be gone, and, and if they're out of the playoff race, a team that's not playing for anything, uh, and then you finish up with San Antonio, I believe. That's uh, it could be an enormous game. I mean, that could be getting into the four spot uh, that final game of the season. So. Uh, no way to predict right now. It's too close. Uh, again, uh, New Orleans took it on the chin against Houston the other day, but they've been playing great. Anthony Davis has been off the charts, uh, and they have a good a chance to get the four seed as anyone. John, Do you want the four the seed? Then you get John. John, you get the four seed. You get Houston in the second round. I'm not so sure that that's the way to go. It may not be, especially after we've seen 
how it went on Sunday, although the Pelicans were exhausted. Um, JB, when you look at the Pelicans, is there anything other than Anthony Davis that would tell you that they're equipped to make something happen if they were to get in there in a, in a decent matchup? Well, I mean, Drew Holiday to me is a, a terrific player that no one ever talks about. And, I mean, the contributions they've been able to get from Etwan Moore to be able to shoot the ball has really come out of nowhere. Never been really a three-point shooter. Uh, he's been consistent all year long. Darius Miller, another guy that's still, I believe, over 40% from the three-point line. So, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's a very difficult conference, as we know. Uh, second round, again, you're going to meet Houston or Golden State more than likely. If it's a healthy Golden State and a healthy Houston, I think that's a lot to ask. I, I know New Orleans has played Houston very well. I'll take away that last game. Uh, probably should have beat them the, the night Boogie Cousins went down. Uh, and they played them in some difficult games. So uh, you never know. It's going to be a tall task. But, uh, again, I, I would cer- certainly wouldn't be surprised uh, winning a first-round series and then uh, pushing one of those two great teams. ESPN NBA analyst John Barry with us here. John, let's switch over to the East. You've been banging the Toronto Raptors drum for some time. You still hold true that they're the best team coming out of the East going into the playoffs? Well, I wish you asked me about five days ago. Uh, I haven't liked the way they played. <laughs> Uh, the last couple Clippers come in there and win. Uh, uh, they're going to Boston, I believe, at the end of this week. Uh, yeah, I, I still do believe they're the deepest team. I mean, Boston without Kyrie Irving, I think they're going to have a hard time winning one series, uh, much less making a, a long run. Uh, he's really the difference maker. And also Marcus Smart. Uh, Marcus Smart, the heart and soul of this team that's a, a defensive-oriented team. Uh, he's their he's their go-to guy You know, when you talk about uh, bringing enthusiasm and energy and toughness. Uh, you lose him, uh, I think Boston's in major trouble. And then Cleveland has the best player in the world. I mean, I, I saw some stats today of LeBron James since the Cleveland Cavaliers lost a uh, ugly game to San Antonio without any of their players. In the last two months, he's averaging twenty, just under 29 points a game, 9.9 rebounds and 9.9 assists. Uh, his team's only 17 and 10 in that stretch, but this guy's playing at an unbelievable level. And when you have LeBron James and you're in the playoffs, you have a chance. Yeah, no doubt. They've won five straight. JB, Philly's won six in a row. Uh, are they are they better than maybe you and I could have even imagined even a couple of weeks ago? I, I think they're better. I, I thought they were a team that are going to fight for, you know, eight, seven seed. Uh, so they've exceeded my expectations in that. Uh, I, I think they really need to clean up the way they play. If you watch them play, they turn the ball over at an alarming rate, number one in the NBA in turnovers. Uh, and when you know, when you get into playoff basketball, you cannot afford to turn over the basketball. Uh, and it gets tougher. Teams know what you're doing even more. Uh, it's physical. Uh, you can't turn the basketball over. And, you know, a young point guard, Ben Simmons, uh, Joel Embiid has major turnover problems. Guys are going to have the ball in their hands a lot. So, uh, Philly's going to have to grow up quickly when it becomes April 14th or whatever day they play. Uh, you cannot play sloppy basketball, and, and they play a little bit sloppy at times, uh, despite the fact that they're 12 games over 500. That's a great point. Hey, John, before I let you go here, obviously with Loyola Chicago getting into the Final Four, and, and we talked Cinderella's on the college side, two-fold question here. Number one, A, can you have a Cinderella in the NBA? And if you can, is there one? in either the West or the East? Yeah, well, I think it's difficult. It's, it's not a one-game scenario, and, and that's that's why you see a Loyola Chicago. They win two games by one point. 
I think they won another game by two points, uh, you know, squeaking by. Uh, but in the NBA, you, you have to beat a team four times. And so very, very rarely uh, is a team that's inferior to another able to win four times against that team. Uh, yeah, maybe they can squeak out a game or two, uh, but it's so difficult to beat a team uh, that's better than you. You can do it on a one-game basis, but uh, you know I, that's why we don't see many upsets. I mean, there's been a few eight ones uh, here and there over time, not many, um, but I, I just don't see it this year. I mean, only if Golden State is banged up could we see maybe a seven-two. Uh, could we see Golden State go out in the first round? Possibly. If Durant is not healthy and, and we think Steph Curry might not be around for round one, uh, maybe it could happen. Uh, but when all is said and done, uh, the better team normally wins in the NBA. No doubt. Well, you've got Portland on Friday on television, so I know Pelicans fans and I myself will be tuning in because that's certainly a team we'll have an eye on. And, uh, and I'll have seen Portland already this week as the Pelicans get set to play them on Tuesday. So all the best, JB, down the stretch here. Appreciate it very much. Great insight today. You bet, Sean. Good to talk to you, bud. Take care. John Barry, ESPN NBA analyst. More to come in just a moment. Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game? Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to do it big with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets, four beers, and a $20 gift certificate to Loft 18, your ultimate indoor golfing experience, all for as low as $50. Do it big with the next Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18 on Wednesday, April 4th against the Memphis Grizzlies. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Well, let's continue on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We continue with John DeShazer. We call him the Senior Chief. He's the Senior Writer, of course, for NewOrleansSaints.com. He is in Orlando this week for NFL Owners Meetings, having arrived last night. Hey, J.D., first of all, great that you could take some time for us today. I did want to kind of look back to last week before we move forward and just get your thoughts on what we saw basically Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from your vantage point of the uh, farewells and ceremonies regarding the passing of Mr. Benson. Well, obviously an emotional time for the franchise, and yet uh, you get the feeling that uh, it was left in good hands and left in good, in good shape. Like you, you learn a lot about, you know, we, we know how significant Tom Benson was, you know, as people who worked in his organization, but you know, you get a real good sense of what a type he was in terms of, you know, nationally renowned and respected with the NBA and the NFL. When you see all the luminaries who came out to pay their respects, and you get a good sense of, you know, exactly what he did. I mean, a lot of people basically say Tom Benson saved uh, the Saints in New Orleans and saved the Pelicans in New Orleans. 
those aren't terms that you toss around lightly when you're talking about those kinds of things. So, you know, I think it was obviously, again, an emotional time, but then at the end of it, you know, a celebration of life. He had a, a good life, 90 years, and uh, certainly was extremely productive during that time, uh, uh, kind of a, a businessman, you know, a swashbuckler as a businessman who, you know, you got a sense from his, from his friends that he went into some ventures that, you know, some people would say, hey, you shouldn't do that. You know, I think uh, he had related previously sometimes that people said, hey, you shouldn't get into the NBA. Hey, you shouldn't buy a, a football team. Hey, you shouldn't, you know, go into the Dixie beer and, you know, and buy Dixie beer and some of those other things. And yet he you know, seemed to be uh, ahead of the curve. And a lot of people credited his business sense and business acumen and his willingness to take risks and you know, follow his gut in those situations. So, you know, a, a great time, I think, you know, overall. Obviously, again, as I mentioned, a very sad time because when you lose the, the patriarch of the, of the two franchises, then, you know, there's going to be, you know, that void that's going to be there. But uh, it seems like he left everything in good hands, and, and we'll keep rolling from there. I'm sure glad we had spectacular weather for all that, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, you know, somebody dialed it up, huh? I mean, it was uh, it, you, you couldn't have asked for better. Uh, you have the you have the, the the funeral service in the second line that you know people say hey that's that's how it is in New Orleans I mean you know you you have the funeral service and then you celebrate the life and then we had the weather to go along with and it really was a great stretch of of, every, of everything I think it was a good time to get a great reflection on everything that he meant to to the city. Talk about hitting the ground running for Mrs. Benson. Uh, Miss Gale was right to the uh, Louisiana Derby on Saturday, found success in Lone Sailor. GMB Racing appears as going back to the Kentucky Derby. And then, John, right away it's onto an airplane and off to Orlando where you are for the start of the biggest of all the NFL owners' sessions of the year, uh, and, and she is there front and center for the New Orleans Saints. Yes, she's had a chance to sit in on some of the more recent ones, obviously, as, as they were preparing for the transition and so now she's in, you know, she's in the big chair, as we like to say. You know, she's the one who's the decision maker now. She's um, she's got wise counsel uh, with uh, team president Dennis Lausher and general manager Mickey Loomis, and and uh, and also, you know, now Coach Sean Payton is a member of the competition committee. So, you know, she's got wise counsel to to lean on if she has any questions or, or needs any guidance. But yeah, she's the, the the number one decision maker now. So a lot of responsibility goes along with that. John, you're going to have a chance to visit with her while you're in Orlando. Can you give us a preview of some of the things that you might like to ask her here at this week's meetings? Well, you know, the main thing is, you know, since she's been sitting in on these meetings, and but she hadn't been the the, the, the signature voice of the of the franchise, how how comfortable does she feel in that role, uh, and and how she feels about the franchise going forward? Obviously, I mean. When you hear rumors and, and those things about the Pelicans, those kind of things, and maybe you want to lay some of those to rest, but you just want to feel, get a sense of how she feels being in that, in that signature role of being the, the go-to person who essentially is the, the face of the franchise, the, the voice of the organization. And I know, I, again, I mentioned, you know, the support staff that she has with her, but ultimately her is the final voice. Uh, she is the sole owner of both franchises. I would say the most powerful woman in sports right now. And uh, so her voice is the one that, that booms above all others. So you just want to get a sense of how she feels about having that responsibility after not having had it. I mean, you know, and the NFL you know, owners club is, you know, these guys have been around each other for decades. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, t to have a new voice in there making the call for the franchise, you know, you hope that they're going to be accepting and receptive 
to what she has to say and whatever her concerns or, or, or additions might be. John DeShazer with us here from the NFL owners meetings in Orlando. J.D., widen out a little bit. Give me a sense of what's going on, uh, you know, from 30,000 feet, if you will, with the league, or should I say 32,000 feet, fittingly enough. Um, what are some of the major things that either need to be t- kicked around this week or that uh, seem to be surrounding these meetings? Well, we know we have the uh, the new catch rules, in, and I, I think it's going to be more subjective to the officials. But, I mean, I think they have a clear, a better clarification of it, you know, two feet down, um, possession of the ball, and a football move. Uh, I think that's a lot more a lot more clarity to that instead of the whole surviving the ground nonsense that was just, you know, aggravated everybody. I mean, the ground can cause a fumble. And so, you know, let the, either the ground cause the fumble or you got your feet down, you made a football move, and it didn't cause a fumble, one or the other. But, I mean, you know, I think there's some clarification in that, and that's a good thing because I think that's been the biggest thing, the biggest bugaboo really uh, with the league over the last couple of years was what is or is not a catch. I mean, you know, we debate it all the time, and it's like, okay, that's a catch, that's a catch, and then they go to replay and you find that it's not. It's like, how in the world could that not be a catch? So I think having clarification on that is the biggest thing uh, that they wanted to get cleared up with. Looking at Coach Payton about it uh, in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, he said that, you know, coming to this meeting, that was something that they hoped to be able to clarify and get it you know, to where, you know, it just wasn't so convoluted and, you know, nobody knew exactly what was what. I think they've got that, that, that straight now, and that's, the, that's really the biggest thing. John, all the best. I know that you'll be uh, checking in with head coach Sean Payton as well this week. I'm trying to remember, refresh my memory. Hasn't there been at least something of significance from Pay- Coach Payton at each of the last couple of owners' meetings? Isn't this kind of a moment where we learn a little bit more about the Saints and what they're doing moving forward? Yeah, he he is in these settings extremely relaxed and uh, and very revealing uh, about you know what his you know likes and dislikes are, what he might be thinking specifically about drafts and everything. I remember a couple of years ago in Florida was when he uh, he came up to the meetings and and rolled in and you know maybe thirty forty minutes into our interview session with him, I know the interview sessions last an hour, uh, maybe thirty forty minutes into it, he dropped on dropped the news on us that he had a new contract in his, in his briefcase. <laughs> so, you know, it could be, I don't think it's going to be one of those situations because he already is secured uh, under, under contract right now. But, yeah, he, he will tell you, you know, he'll give you some indication of where the team might be looking in the draft. And sometimes it's, you know, a little bit deceptive because, you know, that's what people do. But a lot of times he, he's extremely candid in these situations about what he thinks about, you know, strengths of the draft or what he thinks about, you know, certain free agents that have been signed. And, you know, we hadn't had uh, a word for him yet on on the Saints free agent signings and, and those kinds of things. So it'll be interesting to get his takes on some of those guys. And you know, because of what they were able to do in free agency, you know, a lot of times or not a lot of times, all the time, that changes you know how a team goes into uh, the, the NFL draft. Now that you have already signed a safety, or now that you've already picked up a linebacker, now that you've already the defensive line and then Alex Okafor, you know, those aren't necessities that you go into the draft. Now the Saints can actually go into the draft uh, as they like to go into the draft, looking for the best available player at that spot. And then, you know, whatever is in that pool of players that they have, whoever the highest graded guy is in that pool, they can select them because they feel like they've already uh, picked up the guys who, who they really need to get in free agency. And that's what the draft has become for them 
in the last couple of years when they've been when they've been the most successful in the draft is when they've been able to pick the guys who've been the highest graded at their positions you know, on the board as opposed to maybe reaching for a guy to, to fill a slot. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a significant week in the NFL offseason and specifically in the New Orleans Saints. John, all the best this week. Looking forward to getting you back uh, with us later on in the week, and I appreciate it very much. Well, we're going to be on the run, man. We're going to hit the ground, then we're going to Cleveland for a game, right? So we'll uh, we'll see what LeBron's yes. got. I, I tell you what, I saw his I saw his numbers for the month, and he's you know he's ridiculous. He, he's ridiculous to be 15 years in the league. But uh, but yeah, looking forward to that one. Looking forward to it to see if the Bills can yep. get one. But hey, you guys get you guys get one Tuesday night. That's okay. Yep, we'll get Tuesday against Portland. We'll have John back on our Pelicans broadcast on Friday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, that'll do it for us on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Again, thanks to John Barry from ESPN. Of course, John DeShazer, too. We've had two Johns and a Sean today. I tell you what, we've got that name covered, don't we? And, of course, we'll be yeah. looking for a lot on NewOrleansSaints.com from John this week at the NFL owners' meetings, including his visit with Saints owner Mrs. Gail Benson and, of course, head coach Sean Payton. We're back with you on Wednesday. Should be a big show on Wednesday. We've got a ton of Pelicans basketball to talk about, including – what happens tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center against the Portland Trailblazers. Make sure you're in person. Otherwise, we'll see you on the radio. And, of course, you can tune in on television, too. I'm Sean Kelly. hope you have a great rest of your Monday, or if it's a Tuesday that you're catching us, happy Tuesday to you as well. We'll see you next time on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report.